The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus told his disciples this parable. The kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones, when taking their lamps, brought no oil with them. But the wise brought flasks of oil with their lamps. Since the bridegroom was long delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, there was a cry, Behold, the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those virgins got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise ones replied, No, for there may not be enough for us and you. Go instead to the merchants and buy some for yourselves. While they went off to buy it, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went into the wedding feast with him. Then the door was locked. Afterwards, the other virgins came and said, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he said in reply, Amen, I say to you, I do not know you. Therefore stay awake, for you know neither the day nor the hour. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. A FOMO, or for those of you who aren't familiar with this acronym of the 20 teens, fear of missing out is a, a common phenomenon amongst especially young people today. Right? This fear which maybe prohibits them from committing to something because if they do, they might miss out on something perceivably better. It's something that kind of keeps them from making a commitment in general. And without any commitment at any level, we are sure to miss out on something. Or even worse, to be here at the end of the gospel today to get ghosted by Jesus. And while this may seem harsh, the church uses these readings, Jesus uses this parable to remind us of the reality that heaven and hell both exist. Kind of a hard pill for us to swallow today because I think a lot of people that we surround ourselves by, or we're surrounded by, I should maybe say, believe, well, why would a loving God actually condemn someone? But why would Jesus waste his breath if heaven and hell didn't actually exist? Right? A, a just God, a loving God, and a just God will allow us the freedom to choose what we want in this life, and so why would he give us something different than and the next. And while it seems like maybe I'm gearing up for a fire and brimstone homily, I don't think the end times have to be that scary. It might require us to make some adjustments, yes, to move around some things in our life, but to be prepared, as our gospel suggests today, is to be like those wise virgins, to have our flasks full. And no, I'm not talking about something that we drink out of. <laughs> These wise virgins had the oil that they needed, in order to persevere into the night, in order to be prepared when the bridegroom came. And so I suggest then that we take this FOMO, this fear of missing out of heaven that might affect us at times, and allow it to be turned into a weapon for God. Because the good thing about this fear of missing out, this FOMO, as much as I may criticize it, is that it makes people aware of their options. Right? People will listen in, they'll look for other options, they'll kind of survey what thing to choose. The only problem is, is that there's a necessary virtue that's mentioned in our first reading that has to go with that. 
And that is the virtue of prudence. And a virtue that makes it a firm disposition within ourselves to survey our options, but to choose the best. To not allow something inferior to get in the way of that which is good. And so this attentiveness that FOMO can kind of bring about, but also prudence, are necessary factors then for surveying and for choosing how best to fill our tank. And in today's environment, I don't think filling the tank has to be as costly as a trip to the gas station, right? It doesn't cost an arm and a leg. I would suggest rather it's just about as easy as finding a free couch in a college town, right? It's something that's sitting out there. It really just requires a little bit of work for us to receive it. It's readily available, but how often do we just drive on by thinking it's another piece of junk that we don't actually need? Right? What I mean by this is that God wants to give us what we need to have a life that is full. A life that's full of joy, a life that prepares us for the eternal kingdom. Something we can experience even now. And it's something that, as we heard in the first reading today, is, is right at our fingertips. Because scholars say that wisdom also means the life of God. So when we go back to that first reading, it says this. Wisdom, God's life, makes itself known in anticipation of of our desire. Furthermore, he says, whoever watches for it at dawn will not be disappointed. He shall find wisdom sitting by his gate. In other words, God's life, freely given, is right in front of us, whether it be in sanctifying grace, that grace which restores us to our likeness to God, that divine life given to us freely in the sacraments, or even just actual grace, the, the little nudges that we receive that maybe prompt us to that conversion. And so, whether it's sanctifying grace or actual grace, God's life given to us is readily available. But there's one critical piece, I think, that it's easy for us to forget about, and that is the tank, right? Because we can go to the gas station and, and pump in all the amount of fuel that we want but if there's a hole in the gas tank, it's going to go wasted. And when we think of that in the spiritual life, if we were to come to communion in the state of mortal sin, what we would do is not only allow the precious gift of divine life to go straight through us, leaving us largely unaffected, but we would also make that hole even larger. The Lord desires to give his life to us. And he's given us a capacity to love, but the evil one wants nothing more than for just what I described to happen. For this hole to become bigger and for the sacraments to mean even less to us. For that oil of divine life to run out so that we're left not in the light of Christ, but within the darkness. And so my brothers and sisters, as we await the, the coming hope, the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, pray God for all of us to be at the end of our life, not at the end of the world. It doesn't have to be so scary. God invites us to receive this life, to cherish this life, and to open ourselves up so that we will have light in the darkness and we will be like those wise virgins, welcomed in to the eternal banquet. As the prayer at the end of the Our Father at, at every Mass says, it offers us a sure and certain hope. Right? The prayer goes like this. We can be safe from all distress, free from all anxiety, free from sin. This is what God offers us. But what is the necessary prompt? What is the clause right before that? It says that all of this is possible with the help of God's mercy. 
So for us to let FOMO go, for us to let this fear or this anxiety of life without God to pass, we have to fill our flask with the outpouring of God's grace, a grace that can only be stored by allowing God, by his love and mercy, to heal those cracks, to heal those holes that we have within our life caused by sin and division. And so I encourage you, especially as we approach Advent, if it's been half a year, a year or more, since the last time you went to confession, trust in God's love for you. Because he wants these promises to be true, even now. He doesn't desire to make you feel worse. No, actually, he desires for your life to take on a deeper meaning. If you allow him to flex seal your soul, then what you will find is that Mass isn't just something we do. It's not an obligation but it is truly the outpouring of his blood and water from the side of his body on the cross, given for you specifically, to allow you to find a fullness of life, to quench the thirst of your soul. And so my brothers and sisters, identify those cracks, receive his mercy, and be fueled by God's grace, his life dwelling in you and acting within you.